God never made strong women. He never made strong men. He made weak men and weak women who grew strong beliefs and strong convictions. We call them strong. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. We're going to think about a beautiful word called the laws of leadership. Laws of leadership. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't like laws. Well, I don't like them either. But they're here whether I like them or not. And there's all kinds of laws. For example, how about the law of you reap what you sow? You reap what you sow. How many of you were raised on farms? Let's see the hands of all the farmers here. You're a farmer. Now, you, you know you reap what you sow, don't you? Were you raised on a farm? No. But even you know you reap what you sow, don't you? Sure you do. We all know that. What would you think of a man who said he, a farmer who said he planted corn and got potatoes? I would say he was ready to run for political office, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And you would probably vote for him. Right. Okay. Now, everyone knows. Now, here's the point I want to make. And I want you to get you thinking with me. Now, that's something very important, you know, we're, we're thinking. Please don't remember. That's why people say, you talk so fast, I can't remember what you're saying. That's why I talk fast. Because when you leave my meeting, at least you're going to be even. Now, <laughs> if tonight now sometimes you have to listen when sometimes the pastor teaches or the motivator teaches or the trainer trains and you listen because you're structuring some things boundaries for you to work in but if you don't do some thinking to get yourself stirred up you're not doing much about what you listen to and you learn how now on the laws we all know you reproduce your soul. Even you're a housewife. You're a mother. You know you reproduce your soul. Even you know that. But you know what I know about you? You know what I know about you? You don't believe it. You know how I know you don't believe it? Because nobody believes it. Let me tell you how I can prove you don't believe what you reproduce your soul. You know you reproduce your soul, and I know it. But we don't believe it. Because if you believed you reproduce your soul, you wouldn't sow a lot of things you knew you were going to reap. Now, would you? Right. Now, you are. So now the problem tonight is, for me to get you thinking and see what you know, so when you know you know it, you can begin learning to believe what you know. Because as only as you learn to believe, and that comes with conviction. Once in a while you hear somebody say, my, what a strong man, what a strong woman. Wrong. God never made strong women. He never made strong men. He made weak men and weak women who grew strong beliefs and strong convictions. We call them strong. But the moment that person loses those convictions and beliefs, they revert back to the insecure, scared jackrabbits they were like we all were when we started. Hmm? Hmm. Now, I just wanted to lay the groundwork with that one law because there's a lot of other laws. For example, you reap what you sow, but you also reap in proportion to what you sow. It's amazing how many people want to plant an acre and pray God will give them a hundred acre harvest. Hmm. You're going to reap in proportion. Now, God will always reward you more than you deserve. That's why, uh, you know, <clears throat> I love to see young people like you. You remind me of me when I was young. I used to say, God, God, why don't you give me what I deserve? Never say that anymore. <laughs> it's like that lady went to see a photographer. She says, this picture doesn't do me justice. Ma'am, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> not, now, this is nothing personal in this way. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Another law is you don't always reap in the same season. Now, if you're planting petunias, we'll get them in a short order. 
you're growing some rhododendrons, it's going to take a few years to get any size. If you're growing an oak that is going to stand some winds and not break, it's going to be many, many years. It's a way of their life, too. Some people who enjoy a lot of prosperity very quickly fly away very quickly. People who grow through adversity, all the heartaches of life that sink the roots, no matter what happens, they'll be there when you need them. Those are laws. Another th law that's not maybe exactly a law is the, it falls in this area that everything we have worth having, somebody gave it to us. Everything. You ever hear this one? Nobody ever gave me nothing. You ever hear that? I not only heard it, I remember years ago when I used to say it. Nobody ever gave me anything. How wrong I was. Everything I have worth having, my sight, my hearing, my health, my blood, the books people have given me, the chances I've had. Oh, I had to work. Did you ever hear this one? In America, everybody has a chance. Wrong. Millions never had a chance. You know why we sit here tonight? You know why I'm here? Somebody gave me a chance. They're not exactly laws, but they're principles that are so obvious, and yet everyone knows them, but how many people you know know those principles we're talking about? Hardly any know they know it, and yet everybody knows it. Mm. Now, what I thought I'd do to lay the groundwork tonight is talk about the greatest of all the laws I know of. Oh, it's a beautiful law. But I want to relate it to laws that are immutable, they cannot be violated, they're going to reward you, or they're going to curse you. And it has nothing to do with God. Well, it has something to do with God. God made the laws, but He is also not a respecter of persons. He reigns the good and the bad and the just and the unjust. And everyone knows that. But a lot of people seem to be Christians, seem to be scratching their heads, not really understanding that. Now, for example, the law of gravity. We know if two sinners went up here on the roof of the auditorium and leaped off, the law of gravity says sinners fall down and get their heads cracked. Now, the law of gravity also says if two great saints go up in the roof and leap off and fall down, they have a happy head crack. <laughs> you say, well, wait a minute, Brother Jones, wait a minute. Don't you believe in the power of prayer? Absolutely, pal. The miracle of miracles almost is that God prayed for us even before we even thought of praying to Him. But if the saints pray before they leap, they can be assured of a happy head crack. But God is not superseding or violating that law. We can all pray all day. The law of gravity says you leap off, you're coming down. You decide to hang sand up there, you're not going to come down. So we're going to think a little bit then together about some laws that are just as immutable, whether you like it or not, as the law of gravity as the other laws. And so tonight, I will now share with you and for salespeople and management people, for mamas and papas, the greatest of all the laws, the law that's never, the law that's guaranteed, the law that's made more money, influenced more lives, the law, that, in fact, what I'm going to share with you is almost too much, too much wisdom for you at your young age. But I'm going to give it to you. This is the greatest law. This is it. So get ready. Now, get, don't let this go by. I'm, I'm setting this up because you have never heard this much wisdom in so few letters and one word in your life. So here it comes. Ready or not? The greatest, the, the number one law of leadership, growmanship, beamanship, salesmanship, the number one law of all the laws is, ready or not, here it comes, is work. <laughs> you should see your face. I believe you. You look like a swallowing for the mother to drop in a worm. <laughs> Let me say it again. 
The first law of leadership is work. Did you hear me say work? I said work. But what did you hear me say? What did I say? Work. Work. I said work, didn't I? Work. You heard me say work, didn't you? Work. But what did you hear me say? Work. You heard me say work, didn't you? Yes. But did you hear me say the work that I meant to say? No. You heard work, but you twisted it around, and you thought what you wanted to think which was the opposite of what I meant. Did you hear that? Now, if you're going to get anything out of this, you've got to quit mixing me up and stay with me. Right there's an example of what goes on in every meeting. I said work. You heard me say work. You heard me say work. But did you hear me say work? Yes. But was it the work that I meant? No. It was the work you meant, which was the very opposite of what I said. That's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> well, it may be terrible, but it goes on at every sales meeting I go to. The manager, the teacher gets up and says one thing, and they hear exactly the opposite, and they thought they said the same thing. I believe, as far as I'm concerned, the most misunderstood word I know of in the church, in business today, is the word work. You hear people say, show me a man who'll work, and I'll show you a success. I say, show me a man who'll say that, and I'll show you an idiot. <laughs> Brother. Let me, like you're talking about a worker. You never saw a young man work like I worked in your life. There were times I slept on my desk. I rolled up my coat and I made a pillow and slept on my desk at night. And I almost went bankrupt into the poorhouse a number of times. I used to look around in the office, here were other people in the organization, never worked half as hard as I worked, had business running up the rears. I beg again to suspect there must be two kinds of work. And I'm doing the wrong kind. <laughs> I was right again. You know, it's amazing how many people never catch on. Work you do to get paid is not really work. It's work. You can't work for nothing, but that's not work. Work you do to get the job done, to go home and sit down and say you did the job. That's not work. That's work, but that's not work. The real work is not work you do to get paid. You ever meet any people who work and work and work and have nothing to show for it? And they're disgusted with what they did, even after they did it for a number of years. You know what happened? No matter how much money they made, if they're not alive and sparkling, after the years of working, they worked at the wrong work. You see, the real work is not work you do to get the job done. The real work is not what you do to get out of work. The real work is not what you do to get money to get the job done. The real work, ready? Here it comes. And review, I'd like you to stay with me this time. Here it comes. The real work, here it is. The first law of leadership is work. But the real work is, ready? The real work is learning. They get excited about getting the work done. That's the work. Work is not work you do to get paid. The real work is learning. They get excited about getting the work done. That's the work. <laughs> you see, God never made a job that could make a person, but any person learn to get excited about getting the job done can make a lot of jobs and give it to somebody who will complain about what they get more Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, we will take that apart so that after tonight, you'll be working on the greatest law you'll ever work on, not finding a job that excites you, but finding any job that you'll pour your excitement into. Ready? See you in a little bit. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.